Hello, Patriots! This is the Red Pill Report. I'm your host, Sherry, aka the Red Pill Fairy, and you're listening to episode two. Here we go. I am so sick of the media dictating the terms of the narrative. White person, what you see, calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. Where did it come from? War. War. Who is this podcast for? Congratulations. If you're listening to this episode, it's probably because you made it past episode one, Liars. So good for you. It means that you have an open mind. It means that you're willing to have a conversation and you're willing to learn and that you're not afraid of the truth. You're not afraid to break free of the liberal narrative that you've been fed, of all of the lies that you've been steadily ingesting from the fake news media. The goal of this podcast is to open your eyes and get you addicted to the truth. It's to make you say, holy shit, how have I never heard this before? It's an antidote to the brainwashing. It's to help fight your dependency on the media narrative, to pop the bubble around your echo chamber and curb your craving for your steady diet of fake news. I received a message from a friend of mine who told me that she's not really a political person, she doesn't like Biden or Trump, but she does hear a lot of negative things about Trump and she wants to understand why. She lives in Southern California, she has tons of friends that do nothing but spout negative nonsense about the sitting president, and I mean, there has to be some truth to that, right? And so she brought up a ton of questions that I think would be incredibly relevant for the people of this podcast to learn and hear for themselves, because I'm sure a lot of you have the same questions. For example, two of her questions, which we'll be addressing in today's episode, are why do I see Confederate flags on Trump supporter walls? Isn't that racist? Why are they waving the Confederate flag? And also, I heard that the party switched, that Republicans are now the, uh, the party of racism. Is that true? But before we dive into all of that, because I have some juicy answers for you, let's take a second to hear from our sponsors. If you're new to politics and you just haven't been paying attention or have no interest in history really, you probably have no idea that the Democrats are the party of racism. That the Democrats are the party of slavery. In fact, Democrats fought on the other side of the Civil War when it came to fighting to keep slavery legal. Before I walked away from the left, I had no idea that any of that was true. I had no idea because that wasn't something that we were taught in school. We never discussed Republican versus Democrat. Party lines were never part of the, I don't know, the the history lesson. I don't know why they didn't decide to make that distinction. I don't know why party differences never was part of the conversation, but as an adult now and learning this about the past, it really blew my mind. 
Before I walked away from the left, I seriously believed that Republicans were racist, that Republicans were the party of turning back time on equal rights for minorities. But that's just not true, and after I learned my history, it just really blew my mind. I remember the first time that I learned that the Democrats are the party of slavery. It was from this awesome book by Glenn Beck called Liars. It is so great. If you don't buy it and read it, get the audiobook. It's just as awesome. And I wanted to talk about it because all of these facts that I was learning blew my freaking mind. So I opened up about it on my Instagram stories. I was like, hey guys, um, did anyone know that Democrats are the party of racism? Did anyone know that Democrats fought on the other side of the Civil War and fought to keep slavery legal? A friend of mine reached back out after seeing my Instagram stories and was super pissed because he describes himself as a diehard liberal progressive, which I totally understand because I used to be one of them. And he told me that the parties flipped and that is no longer the case today. That although the Democrats of the past may have advocated for segregation and racist Jim Crow laws and uh, were the party of slavery and the KKK, all of those people are now Republicans. All KKK members and Nazis and just anyone basically who are totally against minorities. They're all Republican now, Sherry. Open your eyes. So let's just do a quick history lesson, okay, so we can all get on the same page about why everyone thinks the party flipped and why the left uses this today to justify how they are not the party of racists, which I can tell you in advance isn't true, but let's get there, okay? One, the Democrats did own slaves. They were the party of racism and slavery. And in the 40s, a split happened, okay, in 1948. The Dixiecrats were founded along with the birth of the Confederate flag, and it was a segment of the Democrat Party which split off. It was formed largely of Southern Democrat plantation owners, and they fought against President Harry Truman's military integration of black Americans into the American Armed Forces. If you've never seen Glory, it's this amazing movie with, I think it's Matthew Broderick. Super old, but really good, and it discusses this exact moment in history when black Americans were first integrated into the American Armed Forces. So Southern Democrats at the time were devoted to racial segregation, okay? Jim Crow laws at the time, which were enacted by Southern Democrats, denied Americans, Black Americans, voting rights, education rights, and accommodation rights. And these people ran on the Democrat platform. This is, a, this is history, okay? This is not something that I'm just wildly making up. You can look this up. It's true. Meanwhile, in 1948, the Republican National Committee platform was fighting for equality for Black Americans, and they stated, Constant and effective insistence on the personal dignity of the individual and his right to complete justice without regard to race, creed, or color is a fundamental American principle. We aim always to unite and to strengthen, never to weaken or divide. In such a brotherhood will we Americans get results. Thus, we will overcome all obstacles. Is it any wonder why conservatives today are all about the idea of individual liberty? We don't believe in grouping people so that we can divide them and pit them against each other. We believe in unity. That's what conservatism means. 
In fact, Republicans went on to say that lynching or any other form of mob violence anywhere is a disgrace to any civilized state. This is in the 40s, okay? This is in the 40s, and it resonates because it reminds me so much of today and the mob violence that we see today, the the division that we see today where we're pitting white against black, minorities against, you know, majority. It's in, it's bonkers because even in the past, the Republican Party was saying this is not the way to freedom. This is not the way to achieve a civilized society. This is only bringing chaos and disorder. This is all literally a part of the the Republican National Committee's platform, okay? You can look it up, 1948, it's all written down in history. They also went on to say that, we favor the prompt enactment of legislation to end this infamy. One of the basic principles of this republic is the equality of all individuals in their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, Republicans don't believe that everyone is entitled to happiness, that you just get to have it. Here you go, it's served you on a silver platter. They believe that you get to pursue happiness, that you have the opportunity, an equal opportunity, just like everyone else to work hard and earn it. These are principles that are literally in the Declaration of Independence and embodied in the Constitution of the United States. That's what the Republican Party ran on in 1948. The platform also stated that this right of equal opportunity to work and to advance in life should never be limited in any individual because of race, religion, color, or country of origin. That they favor the enactment and just enforcement of the federal legislation as may be necessary to maintain the right at all times in every part of this republic. In 1948, the Republican Party was talking about this, that they favor the federal government stepping in if at any point in time there is a mob going against the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution. That's what conservatism is. It's defending the laws that the country was founded upon, which is why right now we hear so many people asking for law and order. Why the heck are we allowing these people to burn down entire neighborhoods, burn down buildings and destroy property and uh, incite mobs, riot, loot? None of this is calling for unity. This is division. This is exactly what we don't want. The Republican Party also stated, We are opposed to the idea of racial segregation in the armed services of the United States. They also wanted to, among other things, reduce taxes, give veteran assistance, uh, including to their, win uh, to their widows and orphans. They also wanted to uh, assist agriculture and businesses. And they also promised not to use identity politics to get ahead. This is what they said. They said, The Republican Party will not mislead, exploit, or attempt to confuse minority groups for political purposes. Okay? They promised not to purposely confuse minority groups for political purposes. Meanwhile, we have people like Joe Biden who's screaming, oh, Trump hates black people. Trump is a racist. Every black person, every black person should vote for me. You ain't black if you don't vote for me. It's insane. In fact, in 1954, okay, this was not that long ago. In 1954, the Supreme Court made the Brown versus Education decision. It was the decision to integrate schools. So 
black kids could go to school with white kids, and it was supported by the Republican National Committee. President Eisenhower, who was a Republican, even had to deploy the 101st Airborne into Arkansas just to protect the Little Rock Nine, which were nine black kids who entered the Little Rock Central High School under armed protection, okay? Armed protection to defend against the best efforts of the angry racist left. This is in 1954. This really was not that long ago. Democrats in 1954 were so pissed that Eisenhower sent in the 101st Airborne to protect these nine black school children that they compared them to Hitler's stormtroopers. It didn't matter that the presidency was full of Republicans actively working toward equal rights. It didn't matter that local Southern governments were overwhelmingly Democrats that practiced the now-defeated Dixiecrat racism. None of that mattered because as long as Democrats had the platform, had the stage, they got to decide what history said, right? This revisionist history is exactly why people today still think that the Democrats are not the party of racism even when it happened less than a hundred years ago. In fact, when JFK won the presidency, George Wallace, who was a Democrat, became a Bal Alabama's governor and he said, and I quote, Segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. And his inauguration speech was written by the KKK leader, Asa Carter. That is how insane this history is. If you didn't know any of this, welcome to having your mind blown. So, okay, here's where, in 1964, the Democrats like to say, the party switched, Republicans are now the party of racists. But here's the truth, all right? Lyndon B. Johnson was a Democrat, and Democrats believe that the party switched because in 1964, he signed the Civil Rights Act. But the truth is that Lyndon B. Johnson himself was a racist. He was known, this is, this is historically proven, you can look it up, he was known to berate black employees and staff as, quote, furniture, unquote. He said the N-word regularly in his everyday conversations. In fact, he called the Civil Rights Act of 1964, quote, the N-word bill. That, it's well documented, Google it. That's how... That's how racist this president was, so it didn't matter that he signed this bill, he was still racist. In fact, in Congress, 78% of the Democrats, including Senator Robert Byrd, who was a former KKK exalted cyclops and a mentor to current uh, presidential candidate Joe Biden, he opposed the Civil Rights Act, whereas 82% of the Republicans voted to support it. That means that of the nay votes in the House, 74% were Democrats. The majority, the majority of Democrats voted no, that they didn't want the Civil Rights Act. So when people say that the party switched because Lyndon B. Johnson signed this act into, into law, they conveniently forget that the law never would have passed if all the Republicans in Congress had not voted in favor of it, whereas all the Democrats voted no. In fact, of all of the 21 Democrats who voted against the Civil Rights Act, only one, only one of them later became a Republican. So for people to say that the party switched is just historically untrue. And here's, here's a quote 
from Lyndon B. Johnson, okay? He said, These Negroes, they're getting pretty uppity these days, and that's a problem for us since they've got something now they never had before. The political pull to back up their uppityness. Now, we've got to do something about this. We've got to give them a little something. Just enough to quiet them down, but not enough to make a difference. He also said, I'll have those N-words voting Democratic for the next 200 years. That's the president. This racist president is the person that Democrats today credit with switching, flipping the parties. (laughs) What? Robert Byrd, who was the Democrat senator from West Virginia, said, I am a former Klegel recruiter of the Ku Klux Klan in Raleigh County. The Klan is needed today as never before, and I am anxious to see its rebirth here in West Virginia. It is necessary that the order be promoted immediately and in every state in the Union. In fact, when Lyndon B. Johnson was a senator in Texas, he said, President Truman's civil rights program is a farce and a sham. It's an effort to set up a police state in the guise of liberty. I am opposed to that program. I have voted against the the so-called poll tax repeal bill. I have voted against the so-called anti-lynching bill. How is it that time and time again these Democrat senators get to rewrite history and paint the right as these villains who are actually fighting for legal, legal protections for minorities in America? And meanwhile, they're voting against those protections? Is your brain not exploding from this? In fact, Robert F. Kennedy in 1961, he said, I did not lie awake at night worrying about the problems of Negroes. And then he later authorized wiretapping the phones and bugging the hotel rooms of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What? Does that remind you of anyone? I don't know, maybe the same Democrats who are still bugging and wiretapping the the phones and the homes illegally of incoming presidents? Are you aware that the Democrats bugged President Donald Trump's home because he was a he was seen as competition to the their Democrat uh, power? Were you aware of that? Because <laughs> what? They've been doing this forever. They're still doing it today. And to, for anyone to assume that the party switched just has no idea, has no idea what history really looks like. If you're not familiar with Dr. Thomas Sowell, he is a black, educated, conservative, and he's a former Marxist. And he said, Liberal Democrats especially must keep blacks fearful of racism everywhere. Not only must the present be distorted, so must the past, and any alternative view of the future must be nipped in the bud. This is why prominent minority figures who stray from the liberal plantation must be discredited and debased. That's what Dr. Thomas Sowell said, and we are seeing this today. We are seeing today's criminals elevated to the heights of Dr. Martin Luther King. It is totally different. Today's mobs are totally different from Dr. Martin Luther King's marches of protest. They dressed up in their Sunday best. They joined arm in arm with their white brothers. They all held hands and they gave peaceful protests, peaceful speeches. They did not burn things down. They did not deface government property. It's completely opposite to the protests of the past. And guess what? Martin Luther King was Republican. 
So, you tell me, did the parties really flip? <laughs> Definitively, no. No, they did not. If the parties didn't flip, why does it seem like so many Trump supporters rock Confederate flags? Aren't Confederate flags racist? That's the question. And to answer that question, I decided to ask my following. I have a lot of amazing conservative, right-wing, libertarian, Republican followers who, some of them, have Confederate flags. And I wanted to know, why do you guys have this? So I asked them on my Instagram stories. If you're curious, go find me on Red Pill Fairy on Instagram. And here's what one of them said. I purchased a Confederate flag 20 years ago to show pride in my southern heritage at a Leonard Skinner concert. It didn't have anything to do with race, racism, or being a racist. I still hang it on my wall inside my home proudly. And when I posed that same question to my Instagram followers, they all echoed the same sentiments. That to them, the flag doesn't stand for racism. It stands for being proud to come from the southern states. They're proud of their southern heritage. And yes, to some people, some people around the world, they equate being southern with racism. But to the people who are from the south, they don't equate it with racism. They're just proud to be where they're from. And Leonard Skinner, <laughs> Leonard Skinner wrote songs like Free Bird and Sweet Home Alabama. And yes, they rocked the Confederate flag proudly at all of their concerts, and that's why so many of Leonard Skinner's listeners rock the Confederate flag. They don't think of it as racism, they think of it as being happy to be from Alabama, happy to be a free bird in the South. It has nothing to do with racism to them. Gary Rossington, who's a surviving member of Leonard Skinner, said that throughout the years, people like the KKK and skinheads kidnapped the Dixie or the Southern flag from its tradition and the heritage of the soldiers because that's what it was about. It wasn't about racism. It was about fighting for states' rights. And he went on CNN and said, I want to clarify the discussion of the Confederate flag in our recent CNN interview because myself, the past and the present members from Leonard Skinner that are all from the South, we're all extremely proud of our heritage and being from the South. We know what the Dixie flag represents and its heritage. The Civil War was fought over states' rights, not exclusively slavery, and he still utilizes the Confederate slash rebel flag on every stage and every night on their shows, and they are and always will be a Southern American rock band first and foremost. He also said, we also utilize the state flag of Alabama and the American flag as well, because at the end of the day, we're all Americans. I only stated my opinion that the Confederate flag at times was unfairly being used by various hate groups, which is something that we don't support the flag being used for. The Confederate flag means something more to us, heritage, not hate. When Gary Rossington refers to the state's rights of the South and the Confederate flag, he's referring to the financial independence that the Southern states fought for, because a lot of the soldiers were super young, they weren't actually plantation owners, and the Northern tariffs were killing the South. That's why they fought. The North and Lincoln weren't against slavery at the outset. It wasn't about white supremacy all the way from the beginning. So 
when everyone refers to the Confederate flag only being about racism, that's just not true, and history shows that. Is it true that some people who sided with the Dixiecrat Party and the Confederate flag were racist? Absolutely, absolutely, but not all of them. And when the people who support Trump say, I'm not racist, even though I rock this flag, that's why. In fact, did you know that from the 50s to the 70s, the flag was a popular culture symbol? And that Confederate heritage groups were protesting that because they thought that it desecrated the flag's meaning and trivialized the flag? But the people who adopted the flag didn't do it because they were racist. They mostly saw it as a symbol of rebellion because they wanted to stand proudly beside other Southerners who were proud to be from the South, not because of the racist meanings behind it. As another example of symbolism gone completely wrong, let's talk about the Nazi swastika. If you imagine the Nazi swastika, you immediately imagine white supremacists and white nationalists and that it's synonymous with fascism here in the West, right? But actually, the Nazi swastika is thousands of years old and Hitler appropriated it. Did you know that the swastika is a symbol of good fortune in almost every culture in the world? In fact, it comes from the ancient Indian language of Sanskrit, where the swastika literally means, quote, well-being, unquote. You'll find images of Indian people from all around the world, as well as Hindus and Buddhists, who are wearing swastika paintings all over their bodies, where it's painted literally onto their foreheads, not because they're racist, not because they side with white supremacism, neo-Nazis, or white nationalists, but because it's a sign of good fortune, because it was their common language before Hitler decided to steal it. In fact, <laughs> this is the crazy part. At the start of the 20th century, the swastika, way before Hitler used it, was a sign for good luck. Even Coca-Cola used the swastika. So did the Boy Scouts. So did the Girl Scouts Club of America. They called their magazine the swastika and they sent out swastika badges to their young readers as a prize for selling the magazine. Coca-Cola had images of their logo written on swastika symbols because back then it didn't mean what it means to the West today. It meant good fortune. It meant well-being. It was an ancient Indian symbol for happiness. Hitler abused the swastika's meaning. So yes, to the Jewish people, absolutely, the swastika is a symbol of hate, and to them, it represents all of the oppression that they faced under the Nazi regime. So is it reasonable to think that Southerners might see what others think is a symbol of hate and think it means something else? <laughs> There's this, uh, you know, joke floating around that the LGBT movement should take the swastika back and give it a rainbow makeover and popularize the original meaning of the word. Because it doesn't mean what only the Jewish people believe it means. It also means this. And that's the same concept with the Confederate flag. A lot of Trump supporters don't believe that it means racism. And yes, to many others, that's what it does mean. But to them, all it means is Southern pride about being proud of where they came from and rocking it, celebrating it, screaming, yes, we are all Americans. Americans and this is badass and awesome. The world is not black and white, folks. In the real world, we feel tons of different ways about multiple issues. We can't just look at something and immediately label it as what we believe our personal perception of that is. 
again, I stressed this in episode one, but I want to say this again. Conservatism is about individual liberty. It's about accepting personal responsibility for the way that we feel, for the things that we do. And we also believe that other people should accept personal responsibility for their own actions. So we aren't going to blame someone just because we believe that something is racist because they might not think that it is. And if they're not hurting me with their actions, if my if my individual rights and liberty isn't being affected because someone feels that it's their right to rock this flag because they're proud of being from the South, even though to me it might seem racist, I mean, rock on, brother, because that's what America's all about. It's about embracing our individual rights, allowing other people to express what they believe, and accepting that the world doesn't revolve around us. It's not about being entitled to absolutely everything and making sure that no one hurts my feelings. It's about individual liberty, acceptance of responsibility, and the content of someone's character. And if we know for a fact that this person is not racist, does not mean this in a racist way, that their intentions are good, we judge them based on that. We don't care about who you're marrying, the color of your skin, none of that matters. It's the content of your character. That's what conservatism is. Over the next few months, it's gonna be really hard to avoid the leftist narrative because it's 24-7 and it's everywhere. It is constantly around us, especially where I am in California where everyone's brainwashed by the liberal left. It's your job to think critically, to ask questions before you just outright believe the things that people are telling you. I highly encourage all of you to do your research. I'm not telling you to just believe what I'm telling you. I'm telling you to do your research and find out for yourself because there is no greater proof than seeing history for yourself. There is no greater proof than seeing the facts laid out in front of you and seeing fact versus opinion. There are opinions that everyone on the right is racist, that the Confederate flag and everyone who rocks the Confederate flag is racist, and then there's facts showing that actually not everyone who rocks this flag is racist. In fact, I'm willing to bet that a good majority of the people who had this flag from the 60s and the 70s when it was a super popular cultural icon do not believe in the racism behind this flag. And it's not just people from the South who are being called rednecks, racists, xenophobes, misogynists. It's innocent people on the right everywhere. I'm one of them. I know I'm not racist. I know I'm not misogynist. I know I'm not xenophobic. I'm an Asian American. I was born in America. I'm 100% American and my mom and dad immigrated here from the Philippines to have me and my siblings and give us an opportunity to pursue freedom, to pursue happiness, for a better life, to make this life for ourselves and use this opportunity we've been given to work hard and earn everything that we have. But if my word isn't enough, let's hear it from some of my listeners. Hey there, Sherry. Lewis Tone over here from Houston, Texas. What's up, Lewis? Uh, born and raised, basically lived here all my life. But anyway, I want to start off with saying the country is going to shit. And, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it's the liberal sheep tearing apart. I know? agree. And, but all my life, I was conservative, not knowing it, but I always knew I was different from most other kids because I didn't express emotion the same way. And as I got older and had an interest in politics, my uncle 
being an inspiration because he's the first and only Vietnamese to ever be elected into Congress representing the state of Louisiana. I think that's badass. Uh, back in 08 or 09, and um, you know, started doing my research on politics later on in life, and uh, around my last few semesters of college, and you know, I found out why I was so different, and uh, you know, the way I think too, and. Uh, came to realize uh, uh, Houston is a big city that's liberal, just like yours. And it's crazy that, that all these violent cities um, are have Democrat leaders. Never also right? realized that uh, almost ninety nine percent of my friends are liberal too. Same. The ones I grew up with and all that. The ones and, I grew up with. Same. You know, now that we're in twenty twenty, you know, I never thought this would be the year where history would repeat itself. Right. And there's never been more corruption in the history of time than today. I think we just see it more because we have the internet, right? And everything we're being told is a lie, you know, where I feel like the only thing with truth for people who haven't been brainwashed yet are conspiracies. Right. Every Uh, time we question the narrative, it's labeled a conspiracy, even though it's history-based. A lot of these conspiracies, as of recent, has come out to be true. So exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, it really boggles my mind how anyone today can be a liberal and they're asleep. Believe what they believe and say what they say, then go on their day with a straight face. (laughs) Uh, so many bigger issues in this world today, and. Uh, I would say racism is the least of our problems, but with the left being the left, I'm not surprised they ignore exactly. the bigger problems. These people uh, just prefer their main focus be on irrelevant stuff. It's about like racism, sowing division, climate change, and those are just few examples of the many irrelevant. It's all a distraction to keep us from uh, revolting. That I can list all day long. Yeah, I feel it. But um, you know. I can talk about relevant issues and solutions, you know, with you or with an audience, like, at another time, which I can go all day on that, too, but just want to wrap this up and say I've always been true to myself and others. Um, I don't give a f*** what anybody thinks of me. Never did, never will. Good for you. Uh, message to anyone out there right now. I don't care who this pisses off, but... Trump 2020. Let's go. Um, if anyone has a problem with that and want to do something about it, uh, just know I'm from Texas and people over here, we are strong believers of the Second Amendment. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you. My name is Melanie from New York. Hi, Melanie. I was born and raised a Democrat. I am now a former Democrat. Thank goodness. Same. (laughs) However, I did vote for Obama twice. Sorry, America. I was part of that problem. (laughs) During Obama's second term, um, my husband was in the NYPD. He was still early on in his career. This was around the time of the Eric Garner and Michael Brown protests, cases, And it was hard being a police officer, being a police officer's wife during that time. Uh, You couldn't walk around rocking your thin blue line stuff. You just, you couldn't. It was a dangerous place. And our commander in chief was not any help. He was so anti-police and just spewing anti-police rhetoric and 
the fact that he was supporting these protests and these riots was definitely not helping the situation. Just like Democrats So that's when I started getting these bad vibes from Obama. And I'm like, you know what? I just cannot be a part of this. this. I need to walk away. And that's what I did. And during the next election, obviously wasn't voting for Obama version 2.0, a.k.a. Hillary Clinton. (laughs) And I wasn't the biggest fan of Trump. I, you know, knew he wasn't a politician, but he supported law enforcement 100%. And that was enough for me at that time. That was all I needed to hear. So I did vote for him. And I don't regret that one bit because the second he came into office, you could see things changing in the country already. Um, A lot of Democrats didn't see it because they were just like, oh, how is is he president? There's no way. Why is this orange man president? Oh, my God. I was one of those. But they weren't seeing what was already being changed in the country. Obama had two terms to do this, and Trump was doing it in a matter of months. Right. So, you know, there was no contest there. Trump was the man for the job, and thank goodness he is our president today. Yes. So fast forward a few years later, and here we are back with the anti-police rhetoric due to our lovely city officials that are mostly Democrats. Yep. The rioting in the streets is just so bad, especially in places like New York, Chicago, Portland, obviously, Kenosha, obviously. But it's something that I never thought I would see. I never thought I would see a real-life Gotham City. Same. And we don't have a Batman right now. No. You know, Trump is the next best thing, and he is all we got. So we need to stand behind him 100%. We need to stand behind our law enforcement officers 100%. Back the blue, baby. As a police wife, it's sometimes feels like a harder job than what they do in the streets, just sitting around waiting, hoping praying that they come home to you every single night. It's hard. And when the George Floyd protests were going on, I was not seeing my husband. Maybe once a week if I was lucky, twice a week if I was lucky, because he was doing 16 to 20-hour shifts in New York. That's so scary. You know, he was guarding people that were against him and other people in blue. It's insane. How are you saying defund the police, defund the police, but they're the ones protecting you while you're protesting them? And people love to bring up, oh, police brutality, they need reform. That's fine. But what about brutality on police, the ones that are there to protect you, to get to you as quickly as possible when you're in danger? The people that are still going to come protect you, no matter how much you hate them, they're still going to respond. They're not going to care if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever color you are. They're still going to come and protect you because that's their job. Exactly. And of course, we know, the smart people know, that all lives matter. No matter what color you are, all lives matter. But if you want to talk about the black lives, fine. All black lives matter. The black police officers that are being gunned down in the streets on the, in the line of duty. Black babies that are being aborted every single day. Black people that are being killed in the inner cities every single day. Crime in New York City has gone up 277%. Every time I open any news, it's just another shooting. And it's just insane how this is happening. If you didn't defund the police in the first place, we would still have our crime team to find these killers. Babies are being shot. Children are being shot. 
just for living their lives. Yeah. We need to do better, America. We need to stand up and take our country back. Be loud, silent majority. Thank you, Sherry, for giving us this outlet and this platform to let our voices be heard. I appreciate it so much and keep doing it, girl. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Melanie, for reaching out with this call. I stand with you. That is the reason this podcast exists. It's here so that the silent majority no longer has to be silent. It's time for us to stand up and be loud because I used to be on the left. I used to be asleep. And the longer you stay silent, the longer you let former leftists like me stay sleepwalking through the endless, endless sea of fake news that we're constantly wadding through. You need to speak up. Now is the time to speak up. My name's Ashley. I'm 30 years old and I'm a California native. Hey, Ashley. I just quickly wanted to share my reasons for walking away from the Democrat Party. Um... Most of it has to do with um, the last few months of what's been going on. I know my wheels have been turning for quite some time, but it wasn't until something very specific happened that really pushed me over the edge. Um, You know, back in May, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, um, I had already seen some things that were getting me to start questioning things, but it wasn't until George Floyd um, that I really started wondering what the hell was going on in this world. Um... You know, I I would say, you know, just after it happened, I was scared to lose my friends because of the type of rhetoric that was going around about, you know, you better stand up or else you're a racist or whatever (laughs) they were saying. I don't even remember anymore because it feels so long ago. That's exactly what was happening to me. You know, they were calling people out and saying, if you're white and you're not like posting about this, then... You know, they're, you're racist. There's something wrong with you. Like, you better That's bully behavior. Like, use your platform for this. And so I fell for it. And I did it out of peer pressure because I was afraid to lose all of my friends. And I was afraid no shame, girl. for people to think I didn't care, even though I freaking care so much. Like, regardless of my beliefs, I care. Obviously. But I had to prove it. So I did it on Instagram. Um, but after a few weeks, it felt very disingenuous and I stopped. Um, but in the midst of all of that... I had gotten a message from someone who, I don't even want to call him a friend of my boyfriend anymore, but he was. My boyfriend's a Trump supporter. He always has been. And (laughs) that's a whole other story. But (laughs) this person messaged me on Instagram to inform me that he was no longer going to be friends with my boyfriend simply because he supports Trump. And supporting Trump means you're a racist and a white supremacist and a xenophobe and all of these things. And that's why he can no longer be friends with my boyfriend. After all this time, he's known... My boyfriend has been a Trump supporter the entire time. But today, in the last few months, suddenly it's not okay. (laughs) So in any event, um, he did this whole self-righteous virtue signaling message to me. I responded. And then I got to thinking, you know what? No. Don't tell me about my relationship. Exactly. Don't tell me who my boyfriend is because you do not know. I spend the most time with him. I think I would know. Exactly. And furthermore, for anyone to claim that Trump is racist, that is just flat out wrong. Like, in the last three months, I have learned so much about him now. There is no way, like, I laugh when I see people say that because they're so deluded. Exactly. Like, what is wrong with people? <laughs> it's just funny. Like, I can't believe what's going on now. And to think that people who support Donald Trump are racist, uh, like, that's calling my friends and family racist, basically. And exactly. I don't appreciate that. So I just cannot support that ridiculous mindset anymore. I don't care. Like, and, and furthermore, like Black Lives Matter, absolutely not. I do not support them anymore. I do not want our society to turn into what they want. 
and, you know, things like implicit bias. Like, I don't want people telling me what I'm thinking. Like, no one knows but me what I'm thinking and what I mean by what I say. And I just don't want that to become a part of our reality. Um, So I just want to say thank you, Sherry, for everything you've done. Absolutely. I'm really excited to see what else you do. Um, And thanks so much for just getting the word out. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ashley, for calling in. I know exactly what you mean about friends reaching out to virtue signal at you. The mob of the left is full of bullies. It is full of people who believe that you should behave exactly how they want you to behave. And if you don't, you are racist. You are not a black ally. In order to be a black ally, you need to post a black square on Instagram and come out in solidarity with your black brothers and sisters. Guess what? You don't have to do any of those things to be against racism. Guess what? You are not suddenly complicit in racism just because you're not using every single one of your social media platforms to acquiesce to the mob, to acquiesce to these bullies, to bow before these people who are literally running around the streets, intimidating people, beating people up, pulling people out of their cars. The Black Lives Matter movement is run by Marxists. And if you don't believe me, maybe that's something that I can touch on in a a future episode. But essentially, I don't support Black Lives Matter because of the Marxists that run it, because the Democrat Party is entwined with everything that the Black Lives Matter movement is doing. And it's it's something that I plan on touching on in the future, but right now, ugh, let me just pull myself out of this. There's a reason that so many people on the right don't side with Black Lives Matter. It's not because Black Lives don't matter. It's because all Black Lives matter, not just the Black Lives that fit the Black Lives Matter narrative, okay? Including David Dorn, the Kansas police chief who died protecting his friend's business from being looted. He was shot dead by a Black Lives Matter looter, and he's a black police chief. He was retired. He was off-duty. He was protecting He was protecting the community that he lives in. But okay, sure, let's just conveniently forget about all of the other black lives that don't fit the narrative of Black Lives Matter because their lives don't actually matter to Black Lives Matter. And that's why I don't support the Black Lives Matter movement. And I'm with you. I'm with you, Ashley. <laughs> And that's it from me, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more info on the show and more content from me, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash redpillfairy. Once again, my name is Sherry, aka the Red Pill Fairy. I'm a former liberal, a Democrat. I'm now on the right because I woke up to the brainwashing and revisionist history from the left when I started doing my own research. I made this podcast because they banned me on Twitter for discussing George Orwell's 1984 and Animal Farm, but that's a story for another time. If you want to support this podcast, share this episode with your friends, subscribe to me wherever you're listening, and rate me five stars, and find me under Instagram on Red Pill Fairy if they haven't already banned me for spreading the truth. <laughs> Join me there and help me wake up other sleeping Americans who need to hear the truth. Later. <laughs> <laughs>